Welcome to the podcast, episode 15, Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders. The podcast is a weekly series that brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archive. I'm your host, Matt Collinson. This podcast outlines the nature and effects of fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. Interventions for supporting children and families living with FASD are also highlighted. What is fetal alcohol spectrum disorder? Fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, or FASD, is an umbrella term used to describe a range of serious, lifelong disorders caused by mothers drinking alcohol while pregnant. Children with prenatal alcohol exposure may have significant neurobehavioral problems persisting into adulthood and may also develop one of the fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. This spectrum consists of fetal alcohol syndrome, or FAS, with or without confirmed history of alcohol exposure, partial FAS, and alcohol-related neurodevelopment disorder. While not considered part of the spectrum of fetal alcohol disorders, the terms fetal alcohol effects, or FAE, alcohol-related birth defects, or ARBD, and alcohol-exposed are all terms that describe other possible effects of exposure to alcohol during critical periods of development in pregnancy. How common is it? The exact prevalence rates of FASD are unknown. Estimates vary widely because of the differences in FASD rates among different populations, diagnostic challenges, and a lack of reliable data. It is estimated that 1% or 300,000 of people living in Canada are affected by FASD. These rates are significantly higher for at-risk populations, including Aboriginal communities, where levels can reach up to 8.9%. It has been projected that the prevalence for the entire spectrum could range from 3 to 10 times the prevalence of full FAS, and rates of FASD are higher for children in out-of-home care. These children are also at higher risk for multiple placements and long-term involvement with the child welfare system. How is FASD diagnosed? Alcohol-related physical features may be evident in newborns that along with a confirmation of a mother's alcohol use during pregnancy, can facilitate a diagnosis of FASD. Fetal alcohol syndrome is, however, typically diagnosed in childhood using standardized tools such as the Mental Development Index from the Bailey Scales of Infant Development. Unfortunately, poor training and a lack of knowledge about the symptoms of FASD lead to it being underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed. In Canada, Guidelines for the diagnosis of FASD have been created following consultation with expert practitioners in the field. The diagnostic process consists of 1. Screening and referral 2. Physical examination and differential diagnoses 3. Neurobehavioral assessment and 4. Treatment and follow-up A multidisciplinary team is essential for an accurate and comprehensive diagnosis and treatment recommendations. Please see the Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders Practical Tips for Practitioners and Caregivers Particle for additional guidance regarding identifying risks of FASD and screening for alcohol-related disabilities in a child welfare setting.
What are the effects of FASD? To understand how FASD affects children in the short and long terms, it is important to distinguish between the primary and secondary disabilities associated with the disorders. Primary disability is defined as the inherent functional problems reflective of central nervous system dysfunction, whereas secondary disability refers to the acquired difficulties which individuals with AFASD may develop as they mature. Primary Disabilities Research has conclusively shown that prenatal alcohol exposure causes brain damage and various levels of cognitive dysfunction. In fact, prenatal alcohol exposure is one of the leading causes of cognitive challenges in the Western world. People diagnosed with FASD experience varying degrees of cognitive challenges, and there is a wide range of IQ scores for those diagnosed with FASD. As a result of prenatal alcohol exposure, individuals with an FASD may experience problems throughout their lives in the areas of attention, cognition, learning, memory, language, motor coordination, and complex problem solving. Infants may exhibit symptoms of FASD that include slow growth and delays in their development, unusual facial features, difficulty eating and sleeping, irritability, brain and neurological disorders, cognitive challenges, and problems with attachment to caregivers. Toddlers and school-aged children may exhibit learning and reading difficulties, deficits in attention and distractibility, behavioral problems, poor frustration tolerance, and poor social and communication skills. Teenagers may exhibit continuous learning problems, depression, anxiety, and inappropriate sexual behavior. Secondary Disabilities As children with an FASD mature, they are at an increased risk of experiencing or exhibiting mental health issues, verbal difficulties and continued learning problems, social skills deficits, difficulties staying in school, trouble with the legal system, challenging behaviors as reported by caregivers, inappropriate displays of sexual behavior, alcohol and drug misuse or abuse, and difficulties with living independently and retaining employment. Interventions for Children with FASD and Their Families An Overview of the Literature Despite FASD being a global health issue, it is an understudied area of the developmental disability literature. It is well documented in the literature that a stable and nurturing home environment is one of the most important protective factors for children with FASD and that intervening early may maximize the potential of children diagnosed with an FASD. However, there is very little systematic data on how families are affected by raising a child with FASD and how caregiver and family variables may influence outcomes for children with FASD. A recent systematic review of research-based interventions for children with FASD revealed that there are very few well-designed and tested interventions for this group. Modifying the Postnatal Environment, Caregivers as Agents of Change 
In a review of studies looking at the effects of postnatal environment on behavior problems among children with FASD, almost all found that the postnatal environment plays a large role in the development of challenging behaviors. Research suggests that children with FASD are disproportionately subjected to negative or unpredictable home environments. A systematic review found that the environmental factors associated with an increase in the risk of challenging behavior problems for children with FASD include recent maternal drug use, high life stress, and low parent or caregiver supervision, maternal mental health problems, and custody changes, current drug use in home, and exposure to violence. Voices of FASD Caregivers Qualitative studies suggest that caregivers are a diverse group who experience both rewards and challenges raising children with FASD. Qualitative studies conducted with birth parents of children with FASD suggest that these parents may be dealing with feelings of guilt and shame. Birth parents reported frustration with the lack of knowledge and support they received from healthcare professionals and the education system. A study of foster parents in Canada found that these parents report a need for professional knowledge about FASD, peer advice, and networking. Two of the most common needs identified overall by families were 1. The need for respite care and 2. A greater understanding of FASD by professionals involved in providing care. Given the importance of postnatal environment and the challenges that families raising children with FASD experience, interventions need to focus on effective parenting skills and practices and family-level interventions. Interventions for Children with an FASD Five interventions that were designed and adapted specifically for children with an FASD have been evaluated for their effectiveness. All five studies found improvements for participants, and parents and caregivers showed improved knowledge about FASDs and applicable parenting issues. Common components of these interventions include 1. Parent and caregiver training or education. Parents and caregivers were included as active participants and collaborators in each intervention either through direct observation or parenting training. 2. Explicit instruction of the child. This is a technique used to teach children with FASD new skills through explicit instruction rather than through observation and a process of abstracting rules, skills, and knowledge from ongoing situations. And 3. Integrating interventions into existing treatment systems. Each project integrated their interventions into already available resources, such as special education or mental health services. Although the findings from these studies are encouraging, more research is needed to determine whether children retain the skills and knowledge learned during the interventions over the long term. For more information about the interventions discussed here, please see the particle that accompanies this podcast. Three key summary points. 1. Fetal alcohol spectrum disorder is an umbrella term used to describe a range of serious, lifelong disorders caused by women drinking alcohol while they are pregnant. 2. The most common needs identified by families living with children with FASD are the need for respite care and a greater understanding of FASD by professionals involved in providing care. And 3. Children with FASD are a diverse group in terms of the nature and severity of their challenges. 
The services they may need will depend on a number of factors, including the child's age and developmental stage, and the child's family and community environment. Been listening to the Parkcast, episode 15, Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders. The Parkcast is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information about this episode's topic, the Parkcast, or Practice and Research Together, please visit www.parkcanada.org. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PartEIP. That's P-A-R-T-E-I-P. Thanks for listening.